So today's word, Christ is coming back. And the question is, will you be ready? Will you be ready? Let us look at verse 1 through 8. And it says, Jesus left the temple and was going away when the disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, you see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, but this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are but the beginning of birth pains. Just to put this chapter 24 in context and think about what Ezra was preaching about last week, he said uh, in chapter 23, he was talking about how Jesus had called out the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he told them that they were whitewashed tombs. He told them that they were converting people only to hang rules around their neck. He told them that they were putting beautiful adornment around the prophets' tombs, but yet they were murdering the prophets at the same time. He called the disciples, the uh, Pharisees, out. And he said, you brood of vipers, all your persecution, all your killing, all your bloodshed will truly come back to you. Jesus had had enough of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He told them, I've reached my limit. He said, your words will be coming back to you, and soon enough, you'll get what you deserve. In verse chapter 23, he also said, and he lamented over the Israels, he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is the one who came in the names of the Lord. In other words, Jesus was saying to Israel, I'm coming back again. And when I do, you will be saying, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The same thing that you said when I entered into the city of Jerusalem. The same thing that you called out when you thought I was your Messiah, your King of Kings, your Lord and Savior. Here in the beginning of chapter 24, Jesus was done with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was done with the leadership. He was done with the temple. And he walked away angry heartbroken and disappointed. The disciples attempted to have Jesus look at the temple, but Jesus wasn't interested. Yes, it was a glorious structure, but Jesus had other things on his mind. He said, this temple will be destroyed and not one stone will be left. And surely as Jesus had prophesied 40 years later in 70 AD, the Romans sacked Jerusalem and flattened the temple to the point there was nothing recognized. Jesus didn't have to share this with the disciples, but he knew that if I could show you who I am, if I, if I show you my prophetic powers, then you'll know that everything I say is true. 
So when he told them that the temple would be destroyed, when he told them that it would be flattened, he not only told them for their benefit, for ours too, that no, that every word in here would be true. That as we look to what Christ has said, when he preaches about what's going to happen in the future, we can trust that to be a promise, a commitment. For Jesus is not a man that he would lie, and everything that he says will truly come true. The disciples asked the question, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus doesn't answer them directly. First, he gives them a warning. Don't be led astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. He says to them, but don't be alarmed by wars and rumors of wars. It is not the end yet. There will be earthquakes and famines in various places. And nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. But Jesus says, these are but must take place, but they're just the beginning of the birth planes. Those of you who are parents or understand what childbirth is all about, we may not understand the exact delivery time, but when the baby is coming and once the contractions start, we know that two things are going to happen, that eventually the baby will be born, that the pain is going to get worse before we get to experience the new birth. For some of us, we may not see the signs, even though they're increasing every day. We may not understand what God is telling us. The birth pains are getting stronger, but for many of us, it's still business as usual. I remember in our first pregnancy, Muriel came to me with all the signs. She says, hey, you know, uh, I think it's time. I'm, I'm going to get ready to go to the hospital. And what did I do? I said, well, I'll be right back. I got to go to the bank. <laughs> now, you talk about being unprepared and not reading the signs. <laughs> and not only that, when I drove to the hospital, I drove like I was on a Sunday stroll. She could have killed me. And we, we remember that to this day. Yes, we do. <laughs> but it's about recognizing the signs of the time. Recognizing what's really going on around you. And adjusting yourselves accordingly. Famines and earthquakes, wars and rumors of war. Today, there's so many nuclear arms around. We're just waiting to see who's going to push the button first a never-ending state of war. Over 400,000 people have died in Syria alone in war. 800 million people are starving to death. And then you see the news, major earthquakes are increasing. I'm sure every generation has felt this shift in some way, shape, or form. Every generation has seen the change of times. But I would suggest that the world today is already in the midst of labor. And it will become more painful. But yet, we have a reason to celebrate, a reason to get excited. What could be more exciting 
than watching our Christ come down in a cloud of glory, calling up his elect out of the trials and tribulation. The question is, will you be ready when he comes? Do you live with great anticipation of him coming? Are you excited about the fact that Jesus is on the way? Or is it business as usual? Forgetting that we're strangers in this foreign land. Looking at verse 9 through 14. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Yes, you see, the disciples of Jesus will go through tribulation, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Ecclesiastes 9 says this, The race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but he that endures to the end. Children of God, we will be persecuted. Some of us will even be put to death. We'll be hated by the nations because of increased loneliness. Love will grow cold. We can see now where people are having a hard time being civil with one another. We see more mass killings taking place in this country. I don't know about you, but this sounds a lot like we're approaching the end times. Last year, 245 million Christians experienced persecution. Last year, 4,000 Christians were killed because of their belief in Jesus Christ. But in this country, we're privileged because we have religious freedom. But because of that freedom that we have, sometimes we're not sensitive to what's going on around the world. We don't feel the same persecution that others feel. We don't feel the same rejection that other, others feel. But even in this country, it's starting to change. We're becoming the few. We're becoming the minority. We're becoming the outcast. Christians in India are facing increased persecution from the Hindu nationalists. Underground churches in China are being closed down and their pastors jailed. While many Christians in Islamic, Islamic countries are fair game for Muslim extremists. But we are one body in Christ Jesus. And if one of us is suffering, we are all are suffering. Yes, we may suffer, but we also have this assurance. That when the gospel is preached throughout the whole world, then the end will come. I can't speak to how much the world has heard the good news. But I can speak to how quickly technology is changing our ability to communicate. I can look at what happened over my generation and see how technology has enabled me to talk to whoever I want, wherever I want, whenever I want. Times are changing. 
Are you seeing the signs? And will you be ready? As we look at these verses, let us understand that they speak both to the near term as well as to the distant future. Jesus speaks to what will happen to the disciples as well as the future of generations of Christ followers. Just as he does in the following verses, reading through verse 15 through 28. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in the house. And let no one who is on the field, in the field, not turn back to take his cloak. And allow, alas, the women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter and Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. For the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead you astray, if possible, even the elect. So I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, the vultures will gather. Jesus says, let the reader understand. Jesus could not be more specific. He could not be more crying out loud to say, let the reader understand. This is the great tribulation, one like never seen before since the beginning of the time. The destruction of the temple of Jerusalem was just a foreshadow of the events to come. The Roman armies publicly occupying the temple and desecrating the holy ground. People fleeing for their lives without personal belongings, running to escape the siege. Christians heeding the advice and escaping the siege of the Romans. Surely Jesus tells the disciples to pray for those that are fleeing no matter what the situation we're in, no matter what we're going through, no matter how hard the time is, the answer is always prayer. And know that God is in complete control in every great tribulation. For Jesus says in this verse, he cuts it short, lest no one would be saved. False Christs and false prophets will rise when they perform signs and wonders, but don't let them lead you astray. The abomination of desolation will, in the end time, sit in the seat of authority, in the seat of God in the temple, commanding all that around him to worship him. But he is the Antichrist, the lawless one, spoken of in the word of God. But the Son of God cannot return until the Antichrist reveals himself. Don't be alarmed. Don't be shaken in your spirit. These things have to take place in order for Jesus to return. Many men have been labeled in the past as the Antichrist. From Emperor Nero to Hitler to Gorbachev to Saddam Hussein to Kissinger, even Napoleon. But none of these men were as evil as the Antichrist. 
None of these men could fulfill the prophecy. Verse 26 says, if they say he is in the wilderness, don't go. If they say he's in the inner room, don't believe it. You see, the Messiah will not come secretly, not in the wilderness, not in the inner room, but in a public display of brilliance, like lightning. Yes, this is going to happen. The question is, are you ready? Are you prepared for when he returns? Is your heart in the right place? Is your house in order? Christ is coming again. Verse 29 through 31 reads, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his, out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds and from one end of the heaven to the other. You see these prophecies and you say to yourself, how can the moon be without light? Yes, you could say to yourself, I understand what an eclipse looks like. That's a natural explanation. But what about when he says that the stars will fall from the sky? Not so easily explain how that could happen in a world that we think will never change. Imagine you're looking at night and you see all of a sudden the stars start to drop. Revelation 6, 12, 14 says this, And when he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig trees shed its winter and fruit shaken by a gale. These are truly cosmic events, events that usher in the end time. But our son, the son of God, will appear in the heavens on a cloud with power and authority and with a great trumpet sound, send his angels to gather up us, his elect, from all over the earth. What we might be experiencing right now or what we might be experiencing in the future is only a temporary condition. The tribulations will not last forever. So it's no need to be fearful, scared, worried, or alarmed. Jesus said to the disciples in John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled, but trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Saints of God, we should be getting excited about the coming. We should be getting excited about knowing that one day Christ Jesus will appear in the clouds. What will you do when the trumpet sounds? What will you do? Will you raise your hands in glory? Will you praise him? Will you shout hallelujah when the clouds open up? Or will you bow your heads because you're not ready? 
In verse 32 through 35, it says, From the fig tree, learn its lessons. As soon as the branches become tender and put out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. It's been almost 2,000 years since Jesus shared these words with us, and his word still lives. His prophetic words are still moving in our hearts, still unfolding before our eyes. Just as surely as the budding fig tree signals the coming of the summer, the signs of the second coming and the end of his age will truly come to pass. There will be catastrophes, persecution, a great tribulation, cosmic disturbance, but all of this will culminate in Jesus Christ returning in the cloud with all his glory and authority and gathering us up. These are warning signs, but don't be alarmed. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. But don't ignore them. It's time to get excited, saints. Not to be anxious, not to be afraid. It's time to go out into the world and let, Jesus, let people know that Jesus is alive in your life. Sometimes the fear of the world keeps us constrained in the house. But God is looking for willing workers. Don't let the troubles of the world keep you confined. Looking at verse 36 through 44, here Christ responds to the disciples' first question, when will he come? But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only, for as we, as were the days of Noah, so will be coming, the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving, mar giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. He's coming when we don't expect it, when things seem normal, when things seem like they're going to be just like they were yesterday. He's coming we don't think he's coming. I remember in the year 2000, when it was turning from 1999 to 2000, how people got a little crazy. All kind of predictions and prophecy came out and people were claiming that this was the year. Uh, the Christian Coalition claimed that President Clinton was going to be the Antichrist and uh, people were saying, you know, this is the year and there's going to be a stunning epidemic and thousands of people are going to get killed and the Y2K bug was going to shut down electricity, and the Antichrist is going to be ushered in. I mean, I didn't want to go out the house. I remember getting up that morning wondering if I really wanted to leave my wife that day because 
I just didn't know what was going to happen. Even prior to 2000, men tried to predict the second coming. The founder of the Mormon church, he called his people together. He said, I've been talking to God. And he told me that uh, Jesus is coming in 56 years. That was in 1835. It's now 2019. One of the great televangelists uh, went on TV and told his audience back in 1980, I guarantee you by the end of 1982, there's going to be judgment on the world. It's now 2019. No matter how hard we try, no, no matter how hard we think about it, we'll never know the day nor the hour. And unfortunately, many will not yield to the warning signs. And for many, it will just be business as usual until the trumpet sounds. Chasing after the same worldly success, eating and drinking and being merry. But Jesus said, we must be ready. For we were working with our co-workers, Fellows working with one, you look down, one's taken, one's not. Women working with women, look next to you, one's taken, one's not. When you're least expected, Jesus tells us to stay alert and watchful. Watch over our families and protect our homes. Watch over our loved ones. Make sure that we're about our Father's work. Because no man knows the day nor the hour. In verse 45, 51 reads this, and when <clears throat> and then is the faithful and wise, who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom his master has set over his household, to give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servant and eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, in an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Blessed is the servant who, when the Son of Man comes, is about his father's business feeding the poor, clothing the needy, watching over the widows, fulfilling the Great Commission, serving the kingdom of God with all of your gifts and talents. That's what it means to be ready. Searching your hearts to ensure that you have no malice towards your brother. That's what it means to be ready. Forgiving one another, loving one another, that's what it means to be ready. Don't let the delay come, the delay in the coming fool you and make you get lazy and lackadaisical and cause you to hang out with the wrong people. He said he's coming and he's coming. The signs are flashing red and we need a sense of urgency in our lives. Are your bags packed? Are you ready to go? When Jesus appears, will you say, I'm ready? Or will you have to shuffle around the house to get things in order? You know how we do when company's coming. Last minute, unexpected. Wait a minute, 
wait, don't come in yet. But God is saying, be you also ready. Let us not be like the wicked servant, mistreating each other. But let us love one another. Because it's by our love for each other that people will know that we are truly the disciples of God. It's by the love that we have for the world that people will see the light in us. So when Christ comes and he comes down in that cloud, when he brings with him glory and authority, we can say, Lord, I'm ready. Take me, I'm ready. Some of you may not know this Christ I'm talking about. Some of you may not understand what it means to be part of the elect. But Jesus is coming anyway. And you have today to say yes to him. You have today to say, God, I want to be one of your elect. I want to be there. When you come down, God, when your cloud appears, God, I want to be part of your kingdom. Search your hearts. Know that you're ready. If there's something that needs to be fixed, now's the time to do it. Because tomorrow is not promised to us. Tomorrow is not assured. God, Help us to be ready for your service. The word of God for the people of God. Amen.